On this special edition of the Transparent Truth, the coach Keith Miller takes you back to his coaching days as a coach with the Compton Tar Babes. Sit back and take a ride. This is the Compton Chronicles, life and times of Hub City. Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the office, my wife's office, actually, Cerritos. Dr. Miller's office, disability doctor, also psychologist. For all your mental health needs, make sure you contact her. Dr. Miller's office here in Cerritos. But this is episode six, episode six of the Compton Chronicles. I'm joined by two of my former players, uh, Ray Chapman, a kid, uh, not a kid, a young man that I'm very fond of. Ray, what up? How you doing? Good to have you with me. And still got my guy Deontay Brooks in the building. And uh, we're going to get to episode six. But before we do that, we got to remind people about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. Please be looking out for our Sleeper Week next week as we try to find some of the top sleepers in Southern California. But we want to get back to this Compton Chronicle story. So episode six, episode six begins um, in a very, very emotional place for me and probably for, for you guys, too. We just kind of finishing up summer workouts, um, getting ready to go into fall camp. We kind of get our helmets, um, and tragedy kind of strikes our program. Ray strikes very, very close home to you. Um, I'm going to let you take it over from here and kind of describe the events that kind of transpired that you know of. So um, at that particular time, I mean, I was – I was ready to go into the season. You know, I was excited about football in its own, <clears throat> given the fact that uh, my living uh, situations were uh, really hostile uh, inside the home and even, you know, in my neighborhood where I lived at. And around that time, football was at its peak. And I was just super excited to get ready to start this season. And then uh, I met a friend's house, actually one of the players, David Paul. We're over there, we're just hanging out, chilling. And, um, uh, I get a call from uh, my mom's friend, and he's letting me know that my brother just got shot. So at that very moment, you know, I didn't know what to think. I, I, I was used to it, but not happening in my family. Yeah. You know, so that very moment, you know, I just kind of stiffened up, and I was just like, okay, he got shot. You know, is he okay? What's going on? Now, this is my little brother. We were two years apart. Um, wasn't into gangs, you know, more so of, you know, uh, mini bikes, dancing, uh, paintball guns, you know, things like that, but not gang banging or anything like that. So when it happened, it was just like, okay, you know, what do I, what do, I do from here? So I get picked up from my friend's house, I go to the hospital, and we're all, everybody's just waiting, and we're just waiting, and we're just waiting, and we're just waiting, we're just sitting there, and, you know, the doctor comes out, talk to my mom, my mom break down at that very moment, I knew that he was gone. So from there... Um, it was more so Do I continue to play football Do I continue to uh, Go exercise and work out Do I continue to do this Or is this a deterrence For me to go deeper into the streets Yeah So I remember uh, coaches coming by uh, Sitting down with me And letting me know whatever decision I choose to make uh, They would support me But at the same time saying you know, We still want you to play so I had a big decision on my hands going through the grievances and, you know, my mom and, you know, the family and everything. But I said, you know, I, I have to play because this is what my brother would want me to do. Right. He would want me to go back. He would want me to play. He would want me to continue to keep my life on the path that it was going on at that time. And I decided to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and go and play. 
Raymar, he was a part of our program um, for a little bit over a year. He was a part of that eighth grade group that kind of came up with you know, Chris Metcalf and Justin Brown and all those guys. He was a kid who um, I know we had visions of playing JV his sophomore year, but at some point contributed on the varsity level like those others. Um, his other classmates were going to. And uh, I remember getting that call that he was shot and um, it was very, very emotional for me being that. I mean, he was he was he was a good kid. He was, you know, smiling and he was he was cut out of that Chapman cloth um, and we had high hopes for him. And um, what do you know about what happened, Ray? From from the stories that I heard, uh, even from the people that was inside the car. Yeah. So they were on their way to a party. Yeah. And I guess they started off walking. Of course, it was nighttime. It was for sure dangerous. Uh, a friend of theirs pulled up. And at this time, it was three of them. Yeah. A friend of theirs pulled up. Hey, where y'all going? We going to this little party. I guess they were going to meet a girl or whatever the case may be. Um, mind you, uh, Ray Morrow's 15. Everybody basically was 15 in the car. Yeah. Uh, they hopped in a friend's car and they proceeded to go to the party. So... Um, while they're on their way to the party, I guess they seen a car that they thought was somebody from our neighborhood. Yeah. And they, I guess they were just saying, what's up? You know, you're you're young. You're with your friends. You're on your way to a party. I, I can picture, you know, probably the music playing and they're just vibing out and they just seen a car and saying, hey, what's up? Yeah. And um, they said that they the car busted you. And when the car busted you, they thought, you know, that's him. He's in the camera. He's about to say what's up to us. And shots fired. Yeah. Shot up the car. Um, out of four of them, two were hit. Yeah. Uh, the driver managed to, to get away. The passengers, uh, the guy that was in the passenger side, he managed to get away. My little brother got hit in the head and the shoulder, and then his friend got hit in the shoulder. So all three of them got the car, but my little brother, and the car kept going. Yeah. Um, so basically a drive-by shooting around that time, you know, the gang activity was super heavy. Um uh, one of our friends, like closer to that, closer to where it happened, like in in one of the houses, yeah, ran to the car. He said he seen my little brother sitting in the back seat, basically coughing, and he seen blood. And that's when he called the police. And the police came, ambulance got him, but they said he died on his way to the hospital. So while we're waiting, they already knew yeah. that he was gone. Right. So that's what they told us what happened. Yeah, a tough time indeed. Um, I can only remember in, when I was in college, one of my teammates had got killed. That's the only time I kind of remember a guy, a kid that I was affiliated with in a kind of sports realm um, actually passing away. Uh, again, a tough time. But I remember how how you kind of took it, Ray. You kind of took it. I think you kind of used it a little bit. Yeah. Use it as some fire. Um, use it as some motivation. You kind of harnessed kind of those emotions. And... Um, we moved forward. I remember, you know, the newspaper came out and kind of did an article about it. And um, I remember how I was feeling at the time. Uh, you know, I, I felt bad. I felt like it was unfair. I felt like um, Raymar was taken away too early and that he had a future in front of him because um, he was a guy who was assimilating into the program. Even though, you know, Raymar, he wasn't, you know, a tip-top football player. He wasn't a tip-top student, but he was a guy who was assimilating into the culture that we had created at Compton. He was a guy who was coming to the weight room. He was doing his work. He was on the track. He was doing all the things that we had expected for our players to do that we thought were necessary to, A, become really good football players, B, insert discipline into not only the football aspect but in life, and also C, who was getting in the classroom doing his work. Um... And I just felt like, you know, we were cheated um, out of his development. But nonetheless, we did have a season that we had to get through and, and fall camp begun. And uh, I remember this vividly. Uh, you know, Compton High School is a very funny place in the in the back where kind of the baseball fields are. We're kind of practicing and uh, there's a, a kid, a kind of a new kid. I don't really remember his name at the time, but he was a new kid, kind of big kid. He's kind of playing scout team offensive line, and he's he's not blocking, and I'm getting frustrated because he ain't trying to block anybody. We're trying to get some work in, and we got pads on. And so I say, okay, you don't want to block here. We're going to give you the ball. Nobody block for this guy. And we give him the ball, and he kind of gets 
you know, flattened. After he gets flattened, you know, one of the coaches tells the uh, tells the kids, you know, stomp him out. And so the kid gets stomped out by the players, and um, it didn't sit too well with the kid because you know, uh, a couple days later, we all got kind of called into the principal's office. We almost got fired over it, but uh, it was just it was. We were trying to create a intimidating atmosphere we were trying to create a physical mindset we were trying to develop a, a physical and intimidating culture about our defense uh and of course Deontay it started with you what do you remember about that incident Deontay oh well man that, it, that incident is very vivid uh yeah we were all we were just practicing I, I remember the kid uh the kid was he was game banging as well he was a kid from a from a neighborhood so he already had like one of them attitude problems uh, he wasn't very that good. Uh, I remember, I remember vividly that uh, after we was running sprints, after uh, Marco was on his head telling him to run, he didn't want to run, so we was already getting mad at him for that. Uh, he wasn't blocking on the scout team, so like you said, we put him out, we gave him the ball, and I think it was the first defense we just like splattered him on the ground. And then I remember Coach Harris said somebody saying, hey, man, just stump him because he was mad. So, hey, like, but I think it wasn't more like we wasn't trying to, like, hurt the kid or, like, really, like, damage him, like, vitally. Sure. It was more like a team thing to, like, show him, like, hey, like, we we rock together. Yeah, we this, need you. This is our defense. Yeah. This is our team. And, yeah. and we're going to rock together. And, yeah. And the things that we need you to do, we need you to buy in. Because, like I said, it was just a buy-in process that was happening all the way around. No, that's a great point. Uh, so, if you wasn't trying to buy in with us, we didn't need you there. So, like you said, we stumped you, we kicked you out. Like, yeah, yeah. And, he, and subsequently, he didn't return. Uh, but we did have to meet with uh, his parent and the principal, the coaching staff did after that. And uh, we almost got into a lot of trouble. But we ended up escaping that trouble. Somehow, in Compton, escaping trouble becomes a part of your DNA. Uh, I don't know if it's the environment or the surroundings, but you just you tend to escape trouble quite often so we 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 got that done and we kind of moved forward and we got verbum day that first game we're 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 perfecting our offense and defensive scheme and 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 Cooley is now checked in. There was some controversy on whether or not Trendell was eligible because of transfer rules or whatever the case may be. But Pooley's checked in. He's playing a corner position. Ray, you're playing the other corner position. Mike Evans is playing a safety. Marco's playing the other safety. What do you remember about that time and how you were feeling about our defensive backfield? I feel like um, once the leaders start emerging, you know, and, and every, that camaraderie started being built, even with the situation, it was more so us. Even though, you know, it sounded bad, but at the same time, that was a united moment for us. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> when they came in and we all looked at each other and it was like we had the same attitude. We had the same attitude. We had the same hunger. We had the same drive, ambition. Yeah. Because you think about Pooley, he's coming from Buena Park, where I'm pretty sure they probably only won a few games. And then you got Mike Evans. He's coming from Carson. They just lost to Dominguez 66-6 or something like that. That's right. So, you know, we're looking at each other and we're saying, they're Marco, you know, we grew up together and, you know, we wanted to go to Compton for the longest. So we look at each other and we're saying, okay, we can do this. So around that time, I was feeling very confident. And then I knew the opponents, the opponents that we were going to play. So it was more so like, we ain't losing. Type of mindset, you yeah. know, and, or, or even when you break it down and simplify it, like we're not giving up nothing, yeah. And we just had that swagger about us. I mean, that long camp, that off season, that summer, new coaching staff, you know, that season we just came, it was just it was a lot of momentum going in uh, the right direction. And I just felt like, okay, this is the season that we can actually do it. You drop a you drop an interesting word, the swagger. We developed the swagger. Uh, we developed the swagger on both sides of the ball. Offensively, we called it the C unit. Um, that offensive line front was dominant. We can come off the ball. We were gonna knock people on their on their backs. And defensively, we were gonna get eleven hats on you on your behind. And we was gonna get to that ball. And when we was get there, we was gonna be in a bad move. And we was gonna try to hurt somebody else's kids. And um, how do you how do you feel like that swagger was developed, considering? A year and a couple of months earlier, you guys were 0-30 as a football program before we got there. You had the C unit, and then you had the defense, but one of the most important units that you probably forgot to mention was the unit that I ran, the Klan, which was our kickoff team. 
uh, we call our kickoff team the clan. So it, I feel like once the mentality changed, yeah, that's when everything shifted. Yeah. I mean, you come into you're, you're not just coming into a football team or a football program. You're coming to a million different personalities that have the the, the, the same down moments, the same uh, struggles and issues. And, yep. and it's like, OK, I know what I'm coming into, but I'm coming here to change it. So once the mentality changed and we felt like we could win because I can't win at home. Yeah. Right? I can't win in my neighborhood. Right. I, I, I can't win in school. <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't win. I so can't can, win. Can I just win on the field first? And then, so when, once that mentality came and it shifted everything, that's when I feel like the swagger just continued to grow. To grow. That's that's a great point. And uh, in addition to that, Deontay, I want you to talk a little bit about the community at that point in time. So we're getting ready to play Verbum Day. We're coming off of a CIF playoff appearance. The couple transfers, impact transfers, check in. Where was the community at in terms of support? And what, were, what was the buzz around the city of Compton, Hub City, where there's a lot of things to talk about, but ironically, people start talking about the Tar Babes. Uh, yeah, around that around that time, ironically, uh, we getting all the buzz around. I think I think we're taking more buzz away from Dominguez, Dominguez kids right now. Uh, we're all coming in, like I said, we're all coming in, checking in. Everything's going, starting to go well. We, like you said, the passing leagues. We're doing our things at the passing league games. We're doing our games at the weight room. People see us at track meets. We, we're going to track meets. We're competing in track meets. We got Burger who are D line running 100 on the track meet. It was unbelievable. So, and like you, like I said before, and like Chapter said, it, uh, it just things that you never seen at Compton High that that was just happening before. And then when you got a bunch of kids, like I said, we all could have probably played at different schools and probably would have been the top athletes there. But subsequently, that we all had problems and we ended up at the school that we are at the time. So, and like we all kids that already have a background in football that's already known. So. Yeah, we starting to get that buzz in our terms right now. It's starting to get very lit for us right now, man. Yeah, no question about it. I do remember uh, kind of going into that first game. I mean, we developed a serious bond. Um, the bond between, you know, I can I can speak for myself. The bond between me and and my players was really really strong. I was only a few, again a few years older than these guys, but I loved them and would do anything for them and. Uh, whether it be helping a kid get out of a jam. And that's another thing to mention, the, the coaching that we had. Uh, to have the coaching, I think I, uh, we it's undescribable. Like, we never had coaching probably like that really, like, bought into us and gave and gave us as much as y'all gave us. Like like you said, you gave you gave your heart. Like, you really, like, gave your soul. Anything you could do for us, you would. I remember you taking me home a lot of times when I'm telling you, like, I can't walk after practice. Yeah. If you're about to keep me this late, I, 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 I got to get this ride home because it, it ain't going to happen for me. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's just the small things like that uh, for kids like us that, that really makes us buy in to say, okay, if they're going to be down for us, we definitely got to be down for them. Yeah, no question. Ray, go ahead. It was a, it was a really, 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 really um, pivotal thing that uh, – Coach Keith Miller had said to us, I don't know if he remembers or not, but I remember uh, offensive period, the offense would go and they would run their plays and where the case may be. Um, and, you know, offense, you know, it's, it's, it's the wing tee, so it has to be perfected. Um, you know, so offense for me was kind of – offense period was kind of boring because I didn't play offense. Sure. I, I played defense. But I can remember uh, when it was time for defense – Coach Keith would run out there, go crazy, set the bags up, and, and everything would shift. And then he would always tell us something or say something like words of affirmation before we even get into practice that would just have us going, have us juice. And there's one thing that he said, and, and it's pivotal for me because, and I'm pretty sure it's pivotal for a lot of people on the team. He said, listen, he said, when you love something, you can't be without it. And he said, and I can honestly say, I can't be without this game, and I love you guys. Mm. Now, 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 for me, that's probably something that I haven't heard in years. And I'm not saying that my family was horrible. My family, you know, they, they did all they can do. But when he said, I love you guys, I knew at that very moment that we were going to have a great season, that we had great coaches and we had great people, life teachers, for a coach to come and tell his players, half of us are crazy. You know, half of us were gang members. Half of us didn't have homes. And for you to say, 
you know, I love you guys and left it there and we just started practice. It was just, it was just a sense of, you know, the, it was an atmosphere changer and it, and it took us to the, to the next level in our mentality as well. And I felt like that moment right there, it was just like, you know, wow. You know, I can't wait for practice. Like, you know, I can't wait for the, you know, I can't wait for the games. And it, yeah. and it just boosted us to another level, I felt like. Moving along in the story, and, and thank you for that, Ray. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that sent chills through my spine as you were talking. And I remember, I remember that. And, um, and that's how I felt. And that's how I still do feel. So move, moving along to Verbum Day High School, Verbum Day's talking trash in the summertime. We talked about that on the last episode. We get them game one. They come into Hub City. They come into Compton High School. We kind of got a loaded team. We got athletes. We got size. We got speed. And we're ready to put the hammer down. Verbum Day comes in with their top-rated Akeem Ayers and top-rated Reggie Dunn. Both of them have USC offers. And we're chomping at the bit as just some hungry goons ready to put the smash down on somebody. So they come in there half-stepping. And before you know it, it's 35 to nothing halftime. And it's a beatdown. We knocking Reggie Dunn out the game. Um, They don't want to hit. We're coming in just absolutely smacking them around like stepchildren. You know, no offense to all the stepkids out there, but, I mean, it's ugly. Um, the first play of the game, Ray, do you remember the first play of the game, what happened? We, we pitched the ball to Marco, and we, we knock nine of their defensive players on the ground. And Marco runs 60 yards for a touchdown first play. Marco ends up with two interceptions that game, one to the house. Uh, defensively, we totally dominate. We give up probably less than 100 yards total offense. Yeah, Day- Dayton Jones makes his first kind of appearance as a playmaker for us. As a reserve defensive lineman on the backside, comes in, makes a hit at the mesh. And uh, our backup linebacker picks it up, rumbles in for a touchdown, and we absolutely throttle Verbum Day at Compton, 56 nothing. And it was a lot worse than that. We kind of took it easy on them kind of in the fourth quarter. And it's a smackdown, and Compton is here to stay. And this 2016 is in season is off to a hot start. It was a terrific performance by us. Verbum Day didn't know what hit them. They talked all that trash in the offseason, and they got absolutely obliterated coming to Compton. And uh, what do you remember about that, Ray? Like you said, before we even talked about the game, you talked about the buzz. Yeah. So uh, we had the buzz around the city. I mean, we had the crowd. We had the people there. We had the supporters. It was more like, okay, what are they going to do? Yeah. What are are you going to do this Friday? What's going on? Um. And I can remember we were so, you know, tired of hitting each other. We were so tired of, you know, uh, uh, the practices and, and all this type of stuff. We were just so ready to get to the game. Yeah. And, then, you know, I remember in, in warm-ups, I mean, when they was doing their warm-ups and they was running around, you know, in their line and they, you know, saying stuff to us. and Who didn't holler? And, and, and blood in us and, yeah. you know, all this type of gang stuff. And then we was like, cool. You know, at this point, we have enough discipline. Uh so it's like, okay, you don't know what we've been through together. Right. And, 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 you know, what it took to get here. So I just remember, man, us coming out and just, it was all gas, no brakes. And the crowd was there and the people was there and the buzz was there and, yeah. and we were there. Yeah. And it was in the daytime game. It was a daytime game. And I just remember, I just remember us just killing them. And I remember all the buzz from their players, Reggie Dunn, you know, his all world receiver and, and then Hakeem Ayers. Yeah. And then I think they had another corner and another DN they're going to UCLA or whatever the case may be. Right. And that was just more like, okay, cool. You know, that's, that's, that was good for us. We were happy because we were still hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, I didn't have no offers. I didn't have none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some of that. We yeah, wanted yeah, some of that. Sure. You had them offers, bring them offers to Hub City and we was going to show you what time it was. And, and I knew it was a big deal because after after that game going home and I'm watching the news and the report was from Compton High School and they they you know they reported on our game highlights of our game and I'm thinking man we we might be a little something serious if channel 7 or channel 4 news is out kind of recording us in the daytime so um you know we we kind of, like I said we smashed for them day and we got the city lit I mean all the hustlers are at the game all the prostitutes are at the game um, you know the, the the student body is there. I mean, we're getting the support now to where hey, 
we're a bona fide program. In one year, we're a bona fide program, and we want to play whoever whoever wants this fade. We're giving it to them. And so uh, the next kind of two weeks, we've got Hawthorne, who we absolutely, you know, dismantle. I think it was 56 to nothing in that game, but they weren't very good. We take it light on them. I remember kind of substituting wholesale 11 players at a time, making sure our young guys got live reps and got to play underneath the lights because you never know when you're going to need those 10th graders who were formerly of that 8th grade group um, that we have talked about on the past episodes of the Compton Chronicles. Um, Getting those guys more repetition, getting those guys more experience out there. That was key kind of down the road, kind of as we move forward in this story. Then we got Fremont. We played Fremont. Um, I remember the score was, I think, 21-7 to or something like that at the end of the game. But uh, we ended up getting three or four touchdowns called back. We kind of dominate defensively. Deontay kind of has a big game, a couple sacks. He kind of, kind of was like his... His his uh where he kind of propels himself into the spotlight of 2006. He leads us defensively. We get after them over at Fremont. Uh, we're kind of running a no huddle, double wing attack, and uh, we're three and zero, kind of heading into the Dominguez game. And we want revenge because they kind of handed to us the year before, and they're coming to Compton High School this year. And uh, what do you remember about that time, Ray, about, hey, we got Dominguez this week. We know they're a really good team. They had a dominant program for a while, but we were looking for revenge. It was more so of like a, like a, like we're, like I said, like a we're not going to lose mindset. You think about the history. Yeah. You know, Compton, Dominguez. Yeah. Um, and then them coming to our house and us revamped. Yeah. And having this great start off. And we feel like we got all the pieces. Yeah. And and I just remember practice was so serious. Yeah. You know, we were locked in. It was like, okay, we're all honing in on what's about to happen. We know how big this game is uh, for Compton High, for the city. Yeah. uh, Bragging rights. You know, I can just keep going. The list goes on. And I just remember the atmosphere, man. Everybody was serious. Everybody was locked in. I remember, you know, um, Tito and Deontay was basically, you know, the leaders of the defense and and I would just feed off of their energy. Yeah. I remember how they used to practice. I even remember how they used to prepare uh for the games. Yeah. You know, there was a serious bunch and and I just, you know, uh honed in on everything uh, the energy that they brought and it was just like, okay, we're not losing. We can't lose. Like yeah. we can't. Yeah. And it was just a serious atmosphere and I feel like we prepared really hard and we practiced really hard and we knew what was at stake. And I feel like um yeah, that's how I felt. I felt like we, we, we can't lose this game. So that week, I mean, Dominguez ran the same offense that we ran. They ran double wing. We prepared hard. We knew their running back, Marvin Johnson, he was going to cut back, right? We honed down on him all week. He's a cutback runner. He's trying to get in the back door. We were going to lock in on him. We were going to put the pressure, apply pressure on that front side, and we were going to close him down. What do you remember about that, Deontay? Oh, we had a uh, great defensive scheme. Uh, like you said, uh, my job was actually to be locked on to Brandon Johnson to, to protect the cutback angle. Uh, for me, it was a very emotional game. Uh, like I said before, I, I, I actually came from Dominguez, so I actually played on the other side of the game where I played against Compton High, and it was the traditional right there. So for me to be going against my old rival school and to know all my friends, I got my best friend over there, Dave Ross, because Got a, we got a bet going on that I got to wear his jersey if he wins. He has to wear my jersey if we win. So, uh, like you said, the, the full entire practice is very serious week of practice, very serious leading up to the game. Uh, we think we got to, we think we got a good execution plan planned out. Uh, we getting hyped on the sideline. I remember even starting up the first play of the game was a fumble, and we actually make the fumble. We recover the fumble, so we really even more juiced up about the game. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. So, I uh, like these guys are saying we had an intense week of practice. I mean, our guys were laser focused. Guys were locked in. We had a, I thought we had a good game plan going in. We knew what Marvin Johnson, or excuse me, what Brandon Johnson was going to do. He was going to try to get in the cutback lane. We knew that. Hey. They were going to try to throw the ball vertically, and we were going to stay on top of that, stay disciplined with our eyes and with our feet, and make sure we were reading our keys. Uh, at the same time, 
you know, they knew what we had, right? They they knew we, again, we ran the same offense. They had the, the Simmons brothers over there playing linebacker, but we had Tito and Deontay, and, you know, we were going to come to war. So the game starts off, like I said, we get an early turnover. Um, it's back and forth. It's a defensive struggle. I believe at halftime, it might have been 7-6-0. Dominguez was up on a 6-0 uh, at halftime. Just offensively, we couldn't kind of get any momentum, any rhythm. Uh, we didn't block really well. Um, that game, uh, second half starts, uh, they kind of get a turnover. Uh, they punch one in, so they're up to kind of 13 nothing. I kind of remember uh, they actually changed their offense on us. I always like to tell them that they actually they could. Went the they went to the I formation. They actually was a known double wing offense. Okay. And our defense, we actually had a great, great scheme for them. They actually changed their offense and went to an I formation. And I think, th- I think that's what really caught us off guard because – we w- we didn't practice on that. We we didn't plan on them to actually start running the eye formation, running power yeah. towards us to our D line. So I think the the angles of that just really caught us off, and that's kind of how they, the game started to get to get uh, a little out of hand. A little out of hand. Yeah. yeah. So they they go up on us, kind of thirteen nothing. Don't really remember how they scored, but I remember we had a chance to get down and score, and we just could not finish drive. We couldn't execute. They end up breaking a, a long run on like a fourth down and twelve. So. We end up losing that game 19-0. A good Dominguez team. We felt like um, we were neck and neck with them. A couple plays here and there. uh, And we maybe win that game. But uh, it let us know that, hey, you know, we weren't invincible. We still had work to do. We still have to play the game the right way. We got to play discipline. We got to be physical. We got to tackle and uh, make sure that we finish drives on offense. So, yeah. it was it was, a, it was a physical game. I remember it was a good game. The Simmons brothers played well, uh, but we locked up Brandon Johnson like we had planned on doing. Um, and he was a University of Washington commit, but we really held him down. Uh, our guys played physical defensively. We matched up very very well. Just a couple key turnovers, I believe, kind of mid game, and uh, a couple missed opportunities on offense uh, kind of led us to an L. Uh, but at that time, hey, you know, we're three and one like we were the year before um, getting ready to go into, you know, uh, more league play. Uh, but we felt really good about our team. Again, our back end players were playing exceptionally well. Our linebackers kind of led by Deontay playing very good ball and Tito, uh, who was a junior uh, he had, who had started for us as a sophomore. Uh, our defensive line with 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 Berger and Porter Hill, Daytona again starting to emerge. Fatu, um, a big Polynesian kid, again growing up, he was a junior now. So again, the pieces were in place to make a serious run. And coming up in league play, we had Long Beach Jordan. Uh, but the, what was significant about that was Anthony Wright had begun to. Uh, feel itself a little bit. We started to have some problems with him kind of behaviorally. Um, so we decided as a coaching staff we were going to sit his butt down uh, and bench him for the game until he got his act together. Uh, he wasn't very fond of that. He wasn't happy about it. But that's what the conclusion we came to. And uh, so we get Long Beach Jordan. They come to Compton High. Uh, we kind of run rough shot up over them. They weren't a very good team. Uh, we kind of locked them down. I don't remember what the score was, but we kind of give them the business. And uh, so we're four and one going into Long Beach Milliken. And uh, we'll get to the Long Beach Milliken game on the next episode, episode seven. But, you know, anything you want to say, Ray, about this episode and kind of what we've been talking about here in episode six? Yeah, man, I feel like um, just reliving it. Yeah. Um, and thinking about the players and thinking about the atmosphere that was built at Compton, man, it it just takes me back, man. And I I, I love this type of stuff. I yeah. love coming on, man, and and, and uh, the verbiage and you know us just dialoguing on you know the greatness that took place at Compton. Well, with that being said, let's stay on. Let's talk about this Long Beach Milliken game. So we have Long Beach Milliken. They're running their spread offense. We know the the year before we beat them fifty six nothing. Uh, one of our best games we played in 05. They come back. They're looking for revenge. Uh, they've got their spread offense. Again, we put a terrific game plan in place. They come to Compton High. I remember the second play of the game, Anthony Wright hits the cut back. He goes 70 yards. We run away from the defense. Um, 
what do you remember about that game, Deontay? What do you remember about that Long Beach Milliken game? Uh, Long Beach Middle of the game, uh, I remember they ran the spread offense. So for me, so for me, it was uh, more of it's a passing. I was going to be being a, a more passing of the defense. Uh, I remember we just came out there, like you said, uh, was, once again, it was a great week, a great week executing of defense. We just wanted to make sure we was attacking. We was getting ready. I think Polly was the next game coming up. So we wanted to make sure we was executing, just executing on all high cylinders for that game. Uh, Marco, I think Donald Green had a very good. Donald Green came out there, had a very good game as well. Uh, I believe the score was a little bit. It was out of hand. It was 61, 61 21, I believe. We had 11, I don't know if anybody remembers, we had 11 sacks that game. We put the, we applied serious pressure. Dayton had, I think, three. Burger had three. Anthony Wright had a couple. I think you had one, Deontay. Um, and we really got after them. Uh, we put some some creative new defensive uh, coverages in. We brought the sliding corner blitz at the same time. Uh, we played a lot of different coverages on the back end. We really confused their quarterback. And uh, we got got after Milliken. Anthony Wright kind of goes deep vertically in, in our pass offense, makes a couple Randy Moss-type jump-on-your-neck plays. And, and we finished them off kind of 61-21. We're kind of getting ready for Long Beach Poly. And uh, what do you remember about Polly getting ready for them? I do remember that Rivals.com comes out. They do a whole yeah. documentary yeah. on the game. What do you remember about that? Oh, that was a real that was a real big piece. Uh, for me, that was a real – it was one of the biggest games I probably played in coming in since high school. Uh, like you said, Rivals comes in. We do a, they actually do an interview with me. actually do an interview before the game for them. Uh, so as we're setting up for that game uh, – I remember you, like you say, you always used to come, like Ray said, you always used to come with these little good, good speeches. Um, and it was one speech I think you like played like something on a, the TV for us, like yeah, which really motivated, uh, really got me motivated for that week. Uh, going to like, playing poly, you know, you never know, you never know what to expect playing a poly, uh, playing against a poly team. For my expectations for the game was uh, I actually once again it was another emotional game for me. All the big games really becomes emotional because that's where you make your swagger. That's where you really make your name. Uh, for me, uh, I was going against another linebacker. They had another little top linebacker up there, Jordan Parker. Sure, uh, up there. I think we were competing for like the top tackles in the Moore League at the time. So I definitely wanted to have a big game as well as that game. Long Beach Poly. I mean, they were loaded. You know, they had players, Kenny Rowe. Um, who was a University of Oregon commit, played in the national title game versus Cam Newton. Jarrell Casey, who we all know played the SCA and is an all-pro right now for the Tennessee Titans. But they had other guys. Uh, Travion Sessions was a receiver, played in Nevada, was a big-time player. Bryshawn Nellum, who was a gold medalist, two-time gold medalist in the Olympics, uh, was also a receiver. I mean, they had, they had guys um, all over the field, and – uh, again, Rivals.com, they come down, they do a short documentary all the way to Friday. It's online. Go to YouTube. Uh, you can search Polly versus Compton all the way to Friday. They do kind of a short documentary on the game. And uh, one thing that I remember is I thought we matched up really well with, with Polly. And what was going to be the key was could we be able could we guard them man to man and be able to add extra bodies into the run game, prevent them from running the football downhill at us. And going into that game, I felt like we could. Ray, you on the corner along with uh, with Pooley. Uh, played, Pooley played some safety for us. We had moved him to safety. Mike Evans was playing corner now. Anthony Wright playing safety. And uh, even though Polly is known for great athletes, I had a lot of faith in you guys. I had a lot of faith in Coach Harrison to get you guys prepared and ready to face their great athletes on the island, man to man, so that we can commit bodies and numbers to the box. You think about uh, Polly as a program, and uh, growing up in Compton, even playing at Compton High School, uh, I didn't like Dominguez, and I didn't like Polly. Yeah. I didn't like Dominguez because they're a cross-time rival, but I didn't like Polly because I felt like, I don't know, for some reason, I felt like they always had uh, uh, more opportunities than us. I felt like we were like uh, the little brother, or like we were like the runts. Yeah. When it comes to Polly, it's like they overlooked us every year. Like you know, it was it was another another game for us, just Compton. So I always had that chip on my shoulder when it comes to when it comes to Polly in, in any sport, but football particularly though, because you know that was my sport. And that week was crazy. That week was crazy, and I felt like in my heart that we were going to win the game. Yeah, you know, and I know you righteously supposed to have that type of mindset every time, but this particular time is Polly. 
So you're not scheduled to win. You yeah. know. Yeah, there's no question about it. And we were gonna go. We were supposed to play at Compton High School. We were supposed to be a home game for Compton High School, and they wouldn't allow us to play it there. So we go play at Long Beach Wilson. We played Long Beach Poly as a home game at Long Beach Wilson, which we thought, of course, was unfair. But Poly, for one reason or another, was claiming that you know there was an issue with Compton High School. It didn't have enough seating, so on and so forth. So we play a home game um, at Long Beach Wilson versus Poly. And uh, again, it's a loaded Long Beach Poly team, but we feel like we've got a loaded team and we're coached well and, and we feel like we're going to put our best against their best. We're going to, you know, kind of see what happens. And, uh, you know, here we go. The game kicks off and our guys are ready to play. I saw it in our eyes. Uh, we had a physical week of practice, a fast, intense week of practice. We knew what they wanted to do, we knew how we were going to stop it. When they made their adjustment, we knew the adjustment we were going to go to. And so, you know, the game kicks off, and it's an even game. It's an even game. Uh, we had opportunities to score. I think we score first. We make it 3 nothing on a field goal, kind of, I think, at the beginning of the second quarter. But we're stopping them. They're trying to run the football Deont- led by Deontay. Uh, we're stopping them. We're holding them. The, we're holding the point. We're setting the edge. We're making plays in the backfield. We're turning them over. Calls a couple fumbles. Porter Hill gets a strip and falls on something. And uh, we go up 3-0 early in the second quarter. Uh, I think halftime, we're down 7-3. Uh, they score kind of on a, on a uh, I think, a deep ball or something like that. Kind of late in the second quarter to Nellum or somebody. And uh, we're down 7-3 at halftime, but we feel good. We feel like, hey, we got chances because... You know, Donald Green, he fumbles going into the end zone at the one-yard line. We're getting ready to score. Uh, we feel like, hey, we should have been up 10-3, but we're not. But we're down 7-3, but we feel good about things. What do you remember about that first half? Uh, I remember it was very physical. And um, when we came out, I mean, we were just ready to play. It was just one of those atmospheres, one of those games where it's like you're, you're just ready. You're juice. And it's Polly, and we're here. We're on the field. Yeah. Uh, Raul Laura. You yeah. know, you, I'm on his side. I'm looking at him. You know, I only see them on TV. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. We're here. And like you said, uh, man to man. And yeah. so, okay, you got two, you know, one is an All-American sprinter. Yeah. And you got another guy's a sprinter. You know, their whole team, their whole team is basically, you know, track guys. Yeah. And we're man to man on the island. Yeah, all day. You know, I'm more quick than fast. Right. But, you know, we prepared all week in practice, and I'm like, you know me, I'm not finna turn down no challenge from nobody. I don't care who you are. Right. They're going vertical on us. They're not catching anything. And, yeah. You know, they're, they're doing little dinks and dunks. They're not getting nothing. So we're feeling good. And I remember us having a big fourth down stop. I don't know if you remember that or not. They, uh, their All-American corner that year, uh, they moved him to running back, pitched him the ball. Donovan like, Warren. Donovan Warren went yeah. to Michigan. Yeah. Um, Pitched him the ball and we get a big stop on fourth and two or something like that. Right. We jumping around, we're going crazy. Uh, Coach Keith is coming off the sideline, chest bumping us in the middle of the field, and it was just a great atmosphere and it was a great feeling. And, and that first half, uh, going into halftime, we was we we felt like we were there. Like, okay, cool, we're in this game. Let's just win it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that's exactly how we were feeling. And uh, we had a lot of momentum, a lot of momentum. So, you know, kind of third quarter starts. I mean, Polly didn't do, didn't do a great job stopping us. Um, we were moving the ball, Tito hitting the trap play, Marco on the pitch. Uh, and, you know, it's the third quarter. Uh, we get Donald Green up the sideline on a deep ball. Donovan Warren, the All-American corner for Polly, falls down. The ball comes into Donald Green's arms, and he falls to the ground. He drops it. My guy, Donald Green, drops the ball. It was a easy touchdown. So that's two touchdowns we missed, one on a fumble going in, one on a drop bomb. Uh, and, you know, late in the, late in the third quarter, uh, I think Nellum, he gets vertical. Mike Evans has great coverage on him. He makes a terrific play over his head. Uh, they push it to kind of 14-3, but we're still battling. <clears throat> kind of end of the game, fourth quarter, you know, we're still we're still battling. We're still rumbling. Uh, they punch one in late with the running back. Deontay, what do you remember about that game in terms of the physicality that Long Beach, Polly, and Compton had in that game? It was a very physical game. Uh, 
I, mean, I think I think more so uh, when you think of the Apollo team, you think of the game is going to be like, man, these guys are going to be extra blazing on us. It's going to be way faster than us, way stronger than us. But I think when you, once you get in the mixture of the game, you get in the heat of everything, I think we I think we feel like, hey, man, like we can compete with them. Like we've been doing the same things that, that they've been doing. So yeah. Uh, and then in the mix of the game, like I said, we just miss big plays. I just think the the, the, the how you these. We just miss big plays, miss big opportunities, and I think so many big plays you miss, it takes the, it takes the air out of the team. You know? Yeah, yeah, it, it sure does. It took a little toll on us. It lets the air out the sails a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, we knew that we could compete with anybody after that game. We definitely pushed Polly to the brink. Uh, I remember Raul R coming up after the game. I, I, I feel we out of both losses to Dominguez and Polly. It was a loss, but I feel like we won more of where we are as a team, uh, seeing that who we are, uh, knowing that, yeah, we did lose, but knowing that we're not the same Compton team as before. We didn't get blowout. We didn't get embarrassed. I think we gained more respect from a lot of them teams as well as we did, even though we lost from them. But I think we gained their respect as more as like this wasn't an easy game for them that they probably thought it was going to be. Like, Yeah, no, there's no question about it. I totally agree. Um you know, even though we didn't win those that Polly and that Dominguez game, we definitely gained their respect. And I think we gained a lot of self-confidence. Our team gained a lot of confidence. Even though we lost, I think we won in the end because we were going to have some tough matchups down the road and we could use those games as reference points to where we've shown, hey, not only can we compete with the best teams and kids out there, but if we take care of the football and take advantage of the opportunities we can beat some of the best teams out there uh, but that didn't happen the next week for some reason we allowed Long Beach Poly to beat us two weeks in a row two years in a row we played Lakewood the next week we there's some term, there's some turmoil with our quarterback our quarterback doesn't play the backup is in he fumbles the first play on homecoming, Lakewood goes down and scores. We ended up, and I don't even like to talk about this game, but uh, it was a, it, that was a frust that was a frustrating situation. Deontay, go ahead. It was, I think it all started from a practice. We had a bad practice week as well. Uh, uh, going into that week, I think a lot of uh, like you said, our quarterback was had some problems during that week. Uh, we had some issues. Probably a couple kids was hurt from the poly game. Uh, probably just still down emotions down because we were so high so hyped on the poly game I think yeah. I, I think coaches had a lot of hype for us in the poly game sure. so I think a lot of coaches they, their level was a little bit just frustrated just because of the loss of the poly game so I think the Lakewood that week was just a just a, a total accountability of just a hard week of practice going in from the Dominguez transitioning to the poly and then somehow like all teams we just had that breakdown during yeah. that week we, emotional letdown yeah. mental breakdowns um I remember a lot of you know we the coverage bus or blitz bus and we just weren't focused consequently Lakewood pops us at home on homecoming uh disappointed but not down and out we bounce back we got Cabrillo and we got Cabrillo at Cabrillo. We kind of run through them pretty badly. Uh, I don't remember the score, but it's something like 52 to 6 or something like that. Dayton Jones gets two sacks. He's really beginning to come on kind of as an edge pass rusher. Uh, Mike Evans busts a trap play as a fullback, 60 yards for a touchdown. And uh, we're back to our winning ways. And uh, things things kind of start looking up that next day when CIF pairings play CIF pairings come out, and we draw Esperanza for the second year in a row in the first round. I remember Ray, you were the first person I called when we, you know, got matched up with Esperanza, and I said, "Hey Ray, guess who we got?" And you said, "Who, Coach?" I said, "We got Esperanza." Do you remember how you responded? I remember that. And that's crazy. It's crazy that you brought it up. The memories, man. And uh, it's the chance to have a second chance. Yeah. Amen. It's big at, it's big at Compton. No doubt. And we're, we're coming off this season, and we're about to play this, basically the same team. They were missing, like, what, run, one guy? Yeah, they back? had their whole returning team, sure. Right. So it's like, okay, we're about to play the same guys, but, you know, we're not the same. Yeah. We were a different team. <laughs> yeah. We're not the same. Yeah, we were a team in 2005 who were happy to be in the playoffs. In 2006, we were trying to make a run at the trophy. 
Um, and so we drew Esperanza for the second year in a row, and it was a rematch, and it was a chance to avenge to the 2005 loss. And uh, wow, what an opportunity. And I remember that week at practice, uh, that was one of the best weeks we ever had, I've ever had as a coach. Uh, laser focus. Guys were totally locked in on the game plan. We had, you know, multiple calls for multiple situational football. And uh, I had my, my senior leader at middle linebacker who was going to help lead the defense. And uh, we knew what they were going to do offensively. We knew they weren't going to throw the ball to that left tight end. And we had a game plan in place. And you guys won't believe this, audience. I put a game plan in place where we did not guard an eligible receiver the entire game. I don't think any coach has ever done that in the history of football. I actually did that. I can't even believe I did that, but I did. A game plan in place where we will not guard a eligible receiver the entire game because we looked at their tape the year prior. Five games. We looked at their tape the year of five games. They never attempted to throw this left tight end the football. Not one time in two years. We looked at his stats. Zero targets. Well, you know what? We're not going to guard this guy. We're going to commit his man to stopping his run game. And so we got Esperanza. We've got an ace in the hole. We're not going to guard this tight end. He's the eligible receiver. And if they throw it to him, oh, well. We're going we're gonna to live with our eye. We're going to live with the percentages that it ain't going to happen. Uh, but we have Esperanza. They got a big-time running back who's committed to Oregon. Uh, they got a big-time quarterback who's committed to Air Force, I believe, Kevin Jablonski. <laughs> and uh, we got to go out to Orange County and play one of the top Orange County teams in the southern section. And we're Compton High School. And uh, it's, it's a rematch. And it's a showdown. But before we get to this juicy story, we got to let you guys go. We're 50 minutes in. You got to catch us on episode seven of the Compton Chronicles. We're going to be talking about the rematch game versus Esperanza 2006. We We travel down to Orange County and our guys are on fire that week of practice. And they are locked and ready to go to gain revenge and gain respect in Orange County versus Esperanza and the team who knocked us out the previous year in 2005. We appreciate you joining us, taking this ride with us. The Compton Chronicles here on The Transparent Truth. Please follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The Transparent Truth. Follow me, Coach Keith underscore MP on Twitter. Without further ado, I appreciate my guy, Ray Chapman, joining me. Deontay Brooks, my former linebacker, my former cornerback from this 2016. But it's time to bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.